My name's Olivia. I'm Raven. We are not the default Americans. When we go back in the past for black history, well, now we got a problem. But for white people? How far you want to go? If you want to piss off any everyday average non-black American, just add black. Including black people is not excluding white people. Every damn time we get rights or acknowledgement, it sparks a violent rage. Especially in white people. I am not less deserving just because I'm a black blind woman. Disability makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It affects the psyche of people with disabilities. Like, did we not contribute? Another way to fight against oppression is to celebrate our successes and our progress. We're not completely our oppression. You can sit there and talk about how you think everybody is equal, but do equality, do equity. As long as they're getting what they need, they don't want things to change. Today, we're talking about when to speak up and when to shut up. And to shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm calling it when to speak up and when to step back. But when we just get down to it, this episode is about criticizing marginalized communities as members of the majority and people in the majority whether it's white people men cishet people feeling attacked when people in marginalized communities speak on their experiences with discrimination or just experiences in general because as we have said on here especially when it comes down to like the black experience We don't even have to be speaking about discrimination. We could just say it's a black something, black church, right? Like we've brought up black church a lot on this podcast. Nothing to do with discrimination. Not anymore, necessarily. But the fact that we bring up black pisses some people off. It It enrages people. It's like waving a red flag. They're like, "Ah!" black anything. Yeah, they can't handle it. Why you gotta bring up black? We're, we're, We're not all that different. And... You just mm. negated your whole entire everything. Yep. Because once you, you say that, that mm-hmm. I'm not listening to anything else you have to say. No. That's just me, though. That's you dismissing mm-hmm. all the shit that we have gone through, have to still go through, all the ways in which we are not acknowledged. We're not all that different. Tell me why your history get taught and ours don't. Why are you the heroes and we're always the villains or the people that need to be saved? Who's been most of the people in most of the government of this country? Who's well, been the wait. people in medicine? Who were the doctors and who got experimented on? Yeah. You had a whole body of science dedicated to the idea that black people are lesser. And it still has effects today. Obviously, <sighs> eugenics was against a lot of different people, not just black people. But... right. When you say we're not all that different, it means that you don't see the various ways in which discrimination throughout history affects all of us today. You know where you don't hear that, though? Yes, Olivia? You don't hear that in relation to men and women. You don't hear a bunch of men saying, we're all the same. (laughs) I've never heard that. No, you don't. People are not going to let you believe that. No, we're all the same until you start talking about gender. This is the whole transphobic (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Gender bigotry, biblical gender roles, all that yep. bullshit. <laughs> so true. When when gender enters the room or enters the game, all of a sudden there are so many differences, so many. Mm. But we can talk about it. And for the people then to think that like, okay, you'll face discrimination or have a different life experience based on your gender, but for them to not consider that there's gendered racism. Gender ableism. Yeah. They don't. Ableist gendered racism. Okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> full of shit. So this is going to hurt some people's feelings this episode. That's okay. We yeah, have survive. not. Uh, we don't shy away from that on this podcast. No. We do try to be respectful, but we'll still make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just a tough pill that some people have to swallow here. It is okay to criticize folks of the majority as members of marginalized groups. Yeah. We get to call you out on your bullshit. Yes. And we get to tell you about where your experience ends and how it's not all inclusive. We do get to say that. We do. Because we live that lack of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are going to say, it's not fair. You're right. But it, we're not right talking not about fair. fair. <laughs> but guess what? It's true. If you are a member of the majority group, the people who who are not part of those majority groups do get to criticize the majority group. You know why? Because the majority group, they're the ones that make the rules and they're the ones that make life difficult for people who do not belong to those groups. Flat the fuck out. There is no, we're all holding hands, we're all equal and blah, blah, blah. No. This world is, this society, this country specifically is set up for cisgendered, heterosexual, white people to be at the top. I'm sorry, white males, actually. If you are not cisgendered, if you're not heterosexual, if you are not a white male, then yeah, you can criticize. you damn right. I'm gonna call you out for the bullshit that you and your ilk put the rest of us through. And there is bullshit. Because otherwise, there wouldn't be a fucking all-white, cis-het, Christian or whatever dominated power space. But there is. Oh, yeah. Christian's another group to throw in there. Especially here in the United States. Especially, yes. yeah. We're, we're speaking specifically here in the U.S. because that is what yep. we know the best. And we live that shit every day. Also, the other tough pill to swallow is... People who belong to non-marginalized groups or people who belong to communities that comprise the majority, stop speaking for the experiences of folks who are marginalized. Stop it. Not your place. Mm-mm. It's so easy now to reach out to people who occupy those identities. A member of any community is within reach. Now, whether or not they want to talk to you is a different story. Yes. <laughs> and they don't owe you that. But at the same time, the internet puts you in touch with lots of different people living lots of different experiences. And if it isn't yours, if you don't have firsthand experience, 
Don't speak on it. Yeah. I'm not saying don't have an opinion because you have an opinion. Cause I have an opinion about every damn thing. But there are some things I can't speak on because that's not my story to tell. It's someone else's. And it's okay. I think people need to understand that it's okay for you to not be the center of attention in someone else's story. I don't think a lot of people, the people who try to speak on behalf of others and always throw it out there, that what they feel or what they believe or their one person that they know who belongs to said group, I think they feel that they have the right to speak on it and you don't. And I don't think anybody ever told them that. We're letting you know. And I'm going to give an example, I think, for people to understand we need this. For instance, white people commenting on the black experience, or you could even say men commenting on women's experience. Men commenting on women's experience. That one is some complete mindfuckery. (laughs) This is a sillier example, but it just sticks out in my brain. There was a guy. He is not in a relationship insofar as I know. doesn't have any children, for sure. He was talking to a group of us, and he was the only guy in the conversation. And he was talking about menstrual products. Here we go. And he was, like, talking about uh, menstrual cups specifically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it came up, but he was like, man, if I had a daughter, I would make her use a menstrual cup. What? And we brought up to him, I'm like, that is not the easy solution to menstruation that they make it look like on the commercials. Like, it works for some people and not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there's a one size fits all, and it's not as though there's not a learning curve. And some people have to wear one hell of a learning curve. <laughs> some people have to wear additional menstrual products along mm-hmm. with their menstrual cup, like period panties or pads, whatever. Yes. And also, there's some situations where it's not ideal to be wearing a menstrual cup. So we're telling him all of this, and he's like, "But period products, like all that other stuff, is so expensive." And it's just like. Dude, why are you even talking about this? Sir, you understand you're speaking to women right now as if we don't know how much it costs? This is the type of shit I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't have even been an argument. It should have been, huh, didn't know that. And it should have been left at that. But people always feel that they have the right to speak on things. And also for a man to say he's going to dictate what menstrual products his daughter uses. I do know a man who says his daughters are only allowed to use pads. They are currently menstruating. Yeah, you don't want to insert anything to the vagina. and. <laughs> yeah, this person said they're not allowed to use tampons because he doesn't want them sticking anything inside of them. Newsflash is too late, probably. But anyway. But even if it's not, the fact <laughs> is, is that you as a man don't know what the fuck you're talking about because you have this no. warped idea of you don't understand vaginas, you don't understand uteri, you don't understand menstruation, and menstruation, I'm sorry. So then you want to dictate what your daughters can use that maybe they don't feel comfortable with? But because you as a man feel like if they introduce a tampon or a menstrual cup or whatever, that's going to, what? What is that going to do? You don't even fucking know. It's it's not going to do anything. But just to dictate either way, to say that they only use one product or another when, like, there's just so many different variables that the person who should be making the choice, it, well, really, it should be two people making the choice when we're talking about minors, right? It should be the person who's menstruating and the person purchasing the products. 
I even still feel that if a person purchasing the products should still not have the final say. I get it. I, I, get I agree it. with you because I, I went through that struggle too, where mm -hmm. uh, this was with my mom, where it was believed that I only needed certain products because I'm a smaller person. And I'm like, mm, that's not the case. No, <laughs> no, this is not working. I remember watching one episode of, of the show and on the show, the young lady, she was having like really bad period cramps. The mom went and got her on birth control and the dad was pissed because he was like, that's going to make her want to go out and have sex. And she's like, no, that I mean, birth control helps with a lot of stuff. And one of those things is it makes period cramps less painful. Yeah. And it can make bleeding lighter also. Lighter or non-existent. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like the fact is, is that there are conversations that are just not meant for men. And I'll throw out there too. Even if you're a trans man. Even if you are, a trans even if you're man. a menstruating person, still, please do not. It's not okay to dictate what menstrual products are right for somebody else's body. Like, I got a problem with that. And I just think, again, we, we're going to keep coming back to the fact that people feel that they have the right to speak on anything. And sometimes you just got to know, know when it's your time to listen and when it's your time to speak. Mm -hmm. With other people speaking on the black experience, <laughs> listen. It don't matter your proximity to a black person. It doesn't matter if nope. you, do, you know your one friend, Daryl. It doesn't matter how many black guys you fucked or black women you fucked. You don't get to speak on black issues if your ass ain't black. I thought about this topic yesterday because I was watching a YouTube video, some science uh, YouTube channel. It was a video and there were two black OBGYNs speaking in this video. And a lady commented in the comment section, this is so lovely to see, you know, what great information and two black OBGYNs. And, you know, she had like the fire emojis and stuff. Mm -hmm. Little naive me clicked Aww. on her comment. Why do I do this? I wanted to see Did the you? replies. It had like 50 some replies. And I was oh, like, honey. I want all the black people being like, yes, it's so good to see some black doctors. Nope. Nope. You had all these people who were not black American or they weren't people of color at all talking about how, see, this is what I'm talking about right here. We're like, black people don't want to face racial discrimination. And then they bring up this racist stuff. They bring up this divisive stuff. How is that or, divisive? Some people who were black and not here in the United States were like, there's black doctors everywhere here. They live in the Caribbean and Jamaica and stuff. And it's like, no shit. No shit. Majority of your population is black. That's not the same <laughs> over in the U.S. That's not how it is over here. We like to see black role models. We like to see successful black people because a lot of times when you see black people, I'm sorry. Because this this is the fucking truth that a lot of people do not understand, and I'm going to have to put it in these terms. A lot of times, and it's not all the time, but a lot, when you see or hear about black people in the media, it is some negative shit. It is some extra stupid shit. It is some heartbreaking shit. It is some stuff that's entirely misrepresenting black American culture, black culture, 
not celebrating the black community, shit talking black people. That is very normalized over here. And so, and the lady who made the original comment didn't say that. She was like, this is not a conversation for anybody who's not black American. And a lot of white people get offended when we say that. But the reason we say that is because you don't have anything productive to add here. That's what we mean. Yes, you can say whatever it is that you want to say. You don't have anything productive to add because your experience is through your white lens. So you're not going to have an issue with the way black people are portrayed in this country as a white person. Or you're not going to have as much of an issue with the way black people are portrayed in this country as I am going to as a black person. It's not the same. To you, it's something that affects other people. To you, it's a story. To you, it's somebody else's existence. To me, that's my family. That's my community. That could be me. That could be my brother. That's my people's story. My people right. being shit on. And uh, you can come through with the we're all Americans type of shit. And yeah, we all live here in this country. But <laughs> I feel like I'm bringing this up every episode now. You are sitting there calling out black people for bringing up black culture, celebrating black culture, celebrating and not calling out the people who diminish it. I'm never going to understand it. These people are not the ones commenting on these other videos, trash talking black people, spitting the bullshit statistics that has been following us for at least 60, 70, 80 years. I don't even know how old these statistics are that people keep spouting off. I don't even understand. Mm. So, no, white people have had some bullshit to say about the black experience for so long. It's just very fucking paternalistic because you are saying that your perspective, that your point of view is more valid than a black person's. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to say it explicitly. You may as well have, though. How are you going to tell a black person that their experience in black existence here in this country is divisive? By me speaking about, she was just, I'm floored. Celebrating black people. Why does it matter that they're black? It matters that they're black because those of us who are black struggle to find black doctors. Yep. It's great to see some on YouTube. We can't find none where we at. Yep. That's just what the fuck it is. And you're not going to know that because you're a white person and maybe you don't care about what color your doctor is. To you, it might not make a difference. Or maybe because you've always seen. I don't know anywhere where you can, where you won't see at least one white doctor. You are lucky if you find a black doctor. I even think too of <laughs> white people who think they can participate in the conversation. Be like They think they're familiar with the Black experience, so let's say you're not the dissenting white person. But you consider yourself an ally, um, and that sort of bothers me too when white people participate in certain conversations because they are speaking about a secondhand account, right? Like they are sharing someone else's experience or they're speculating, right? Like, if I was black, I would blah, blah, blah. I hate it when white people do that at all. Mm -hmm. White people need to stop. Just stop. 
Even if you consider yourself a social justice warrior, I'm with you up until you, if I was black, I would, if I was black, I wouldn't care that they have all these Confederate statues in the United States. I wouldn't want them to take it down. Okay. Just don't. My sister was watching this video and the guy was talking about how, basically how fucked up the video was. It was some, some really fucked up racist ass country song. And it was talking about lynching black people. You know, how much they hated liberals and stuff like that. Anyways, in this video, you've got some black guys and they're all like, yeah, yeah, looking like they're having fun and with the Confederate flags waving in the background. And you can't, as a white person, don't do that shit where you're like, well, look at those guys. They don't care. Or no, no black person's ever told me they had a problem with the Confederate flag until Black Lives Matter or some Ooh. shit like that. Like, motherfucker, have you ever considered that you weren't a safe enough person to be told these things? We don't have the same conversations with you that we have with each other because you're not a safe person. Also, if you have a Confederate flag, I just automatically assume that you don't give a fuck of what I think as a black person. I do. I don't know if it's worth saying shit to you. Like, yeah, I'll call people out on their bullshit, but... Yes, you don't value me as a fucking human. You don't value me as a human. You don't care about what I think. And so I'm not wasting my time. I'm not making the time for that. I agree. That's where some white allies could come through. Maybe. Get with the white people flying Confederate flags. Check other white people. Yeah, get with them. Do not come over and check some black people on... Oh, how awesome is it that we got a black such and such? When you're talking about issues internal to the black community, whether it's celebrating us or working on our, you know, working on problem solving, how are you going to come and check us and not check the Confederate flag flying folk? Have those conversations with your people. Because honestly, I think white people only really hear truly other white people anyway, especially in this country and especially on topics that have to do with race. So if you're trying to be an ally and you're white, Talk to other white people. You're going to get further. And leave the black spaces or the brown spaces, the Asian spaces. Leave that for the people who live those experiences. And my issue in trying to participate in these conversations with some white people, too, is like they don't even have to try, but they often are very invalidating. Because I will talk about an experience where I'm like, somebody said something to me that is... um. Uh, racially problematic and a white person be like oh well well, they didn't mean it that way you know i really think it means this and it's like don't just please don't don't justify other people's bullshit i really hate that i don't think they meant it that way i think don't do that no i'll tell you exactly you're saying to the person every time you say that shit that person is in their head they're like okay so you're not a person i can be authentic with you're not a person you're not a safe person to talk about these issues with and also you're saying that your interpretation as a white person is the correct interpretation yep also too you're saying too that i don't understand my own experiences it's the overlap of those two messages yes Mm -hmm. so Some people in the uh, majority groups feel under attack right now and feel like it's open season, quote unquote, on men or white people being criticized that suddenly like it's okay for people to criticize men, Christians, cishet folk, whatever, right? Like all these people feel like they're being attacked. 
And nobody is attacking you. We're talking about how we are being excluded and how your ideologies, policies, philosophies exclude us. And that should make you uncomfortable. I can see why it does. You being uncomfortable does not supersede their right to speak about their experiences. And instead of you just feeling uncomfortable because your position is finally being challenged, why don't you take a step back and try to hear and then see what you can do about making them less uncomfortable, making your space more inclusive. Instead of just taking your ball and leaving because you don't like what's being said because you feel like you're under attack. They've been under attack yeah. by you. We have been under attack for centuries. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have a say. It's not attacking you, but it's not attacking you. The reason people feel attacked and is something we've talked about before is we are one shattering their idea and understanding of reality. That is very jarring to people. Mm-hmm. And two, it hurts to be criticized, but also it hurts to hear that you are treating people like they are not people or like they don't matter. Because people hear that and go, I'm a bad person. Yeah. And nobody wants, very few people want to be <laughs> bad people, even if they right. actually are. And listen, man, I understand that a lot of times folks who behave in a way that is not inclusive speak ideas and thoughts that are degrading bigoted i understand those people aren't really thinking about me i understand to me it's not 100 percent a personal attack on the part of people in the majority sometimes not all the time it's negligence now where You just don't want to have to think about how other people are different, how other people experience life differently, and how you are going to have to rearrange your space, rephrase what you said, bring some other cultural elements in that you're not familiar with in order to be more welcoming. And that's a lot of work for you, right? Your people have not had to do that work. And um, it's frustrating for you. To not know what you don't know and for somebody to tell you that you are being discriminatory for just not knowing. But there's not an excuse now. Every one of us should be working on ways to be more inclusive. All of us, because we all have come up in this society that is fragmented, bigoted, discriminatory towards certain people. Mm-hmm. and prioritizing others. We all have come up in that. And so mm-hmm. it's okay to have a response to say, you know what, that's a good idea. Or, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that. I'll work on being more inclusive. Nope, people don't have that response. People no. go, you think I am discriminating against you? When a lot of times we don't even say you specifically, we just say white people, men, Christians, And then, like we've said, people take these different identities very personally. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I didn't, I don't, I, and it's like, well, that's part of the fucking problem. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about what you didn't do and what you don't do. What, what are you doing? You know what it is. People don't like being held accountable. 
No, because they for don't. So long, Ooh, people really hate this. Yes. They're, oh, everybody's so sensitive now. No, everybody's not so sensitive now. What you've always said and done was always fucking problematic. It's just before we didn't really have the space and the ability, the platforms to call you out. We didn't have the power to call you out. Or, I mean, we were calling your ass out. We just wasn't doing it in a forum that you frequented, right? Like black people didn't just start talking about racism. We've been talking about this shit in our community for centuries. Women have not just started talking about misogyny and rape culture and misogynoir, a misogynoir since that's a relatively new term, but the concept is not new. So these are not new conversations to us. They are just out in the open in a way they've never been allowed to be before. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, I feel attacked and you just can't say anything anymore and everybody's so woke. No, everybody's been fucking woke. It's just now we are telling you, you're late to the fucking party. Ain't shit new. And instead of you saying, okay, this makes me uncomfortable, but I see where you're coming from and being mature. No, you fall back on feeling attacked and lashing out instead of taking in what's being said to you and making that change. As we all know, growth is never comfortable. So if you're uncomfortable, especially if it's not detrimental, I'm not talking about there are caveats to that statement, but in this particular case, growth is not comfortable. If we are actually going to get to a point where we are more inclusive, Somebody going to have to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be people from the majority group because those are the ones that need to change the most. The most. And being confronted with other people's harsh realities, I think, is very, is so realistic to them. Mm -hmm. They don't believe they live in a country that does X to people. When your understanding of where we live is that we give freedoms and rights to everybody we give justice and liberty. There's no freer country in the world. Yeah. yeah. So when you have that perception of this country and then Native Americans talk about what's been going on and black people and Asians and LGBTQ plus folks, other religions and people from other faiths. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to process, and y- and you should feel uncomfortable. We have had to deal with it for centuries. Our parents have had to tell us the stories and pass it down, and just know that we are not going to be treated the same, and have had to sit with that and just learn to accept it. How fucking comforting is that? Right, but I guess it doesn't matter because it was happening to us. But now that it's happening to you, now it's a problem. But see, our discomfort wasn't for your growth, but your discomfort is for all of our growth. Yeah. The other thing is, I also think it's acceptable for black people or people of a marginalized group to say, you know, white people aren't welcome to this conversation or, you know, this is not a conversation for men or for Christians or whatever, because your voice is not marginalized, right? If you belong to any of the majority groups, there's not the same barriers and responses to you speaking up. And also, it's not seen the same way. For so long, our voices have not been considered trustworthy or credible. 
even when it comes to our own experiences. Mm-hmm. So stop taking up space. Stop it. You do not need to be speaking on behalf of other people or communities whose experiences you don't live, even if other people are making it a public discussion. How about that? Do not engage. And you can just not engage. There's this story. My friend's friend. This is an example of taking up space. She's a cisgendered, heterosexual, white woman. And so she and my friend were talking and she was like, I finally figured out what I am. Basically, what she was saying was it was some kind of label that meant she was a female attracted to men or a certain type of man that was like dominant men or some nonsense like that. And so my friend had to pull her coat. She was like, you are not a person that belongs to a community that needs a label. She was like, you are a cisgendered woman who likes cisgendered men. Stop taking up space in a conversation that does not include you. Nobody's questioning or threatening your cisgendered existence, your heterosexual existence. The straight pride people. Mm-hmm. Nobody, taking up space. You're taking up space. Do you know why there is a gay pride? If you don't, Google it. But that's not a space. Straight pride, being heterosexual has never been in jeopardy, never been demonized, never been cause for someone to get killed or fired from a job or not hired or or kicked out of a house. Or, or considered anything. a fucking pedophile. Or considered a pedophile or nobody walks up to you and says, because you are a heterosexual, you're going to hell or any of that shit. Nobody says that shit to heterosexual people. You don't need fucking heterosexual pride. You don't need a label if you are a man who likes women or a woman who likes men. That's not the conversation for you. Stay out. I even think of um. this could be a slippery slope, but I'm going to have to do it. There's a diversity committee at my workplace. And I'm going to just take an instance because there's been several of these, but I'm going to just take Black History Month. There were some messages that were sent out during Black History Month, and they, they were just emailing a mass of like, hey, here's some Black History education, blah, thing, like every week. And one of the emails somebody sent out, and this was not by a Black person, but this person is on the diversity committee. And they said, there's some uncomfortable truths and blah, 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 but maybe, you know, maybe one day we won't even need a Black History Month anymore. I can see a couple of different perspectives here. I think it'd be great if we did not exclude black history the way that we do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to get there. <laughs> kind of rolling stuff back. So I just feel like it was very untimely. I guess that's it. If we were as far in the future <laughs> as this person would like us to be, maybe it'd be more fitting. But saying that at a time when people are banning literature, authors, classroom material that mentions race that is by black authors it didn't hit right no it didn't hit right we're not gonna ever reach that point especially here the u.s exists because of what it did to black people and native people that's why i will always go the hardest for black americans and native americans I live here. And even when I don't live here, I'm still going to go the hardest for Black Americans and Native Americans. 
You know why? Because this is, according to the American propaganda, it is the greatest country in the oh, world. Yes. And um, but it is because of the sacrifices that were torn from Black and Native people. So. Yeah. And then the systematic erasure and demonization of both those groups. Both. So we are not ever going to get to a point. America will forever be in debt or indebted rather to black and Native American people. America ain't going to ever truly acknowledge. And even if they did, I think they made Obama do it. Give a half-hearted apology to black America. I don't think the Native Americans ever got one. But even if they did, we're still going to need a Black History Month. We're still going to need a Native American month. And honestly, for her to say that, and then think of it, there are schools, and I know you guys aren't in school because it's your workplace, but there are schools where you can opt out of Black History Month for your child. Yes. People already view it as unnecessary, as divisive. Elective. But you can't opt your child out of all history. Nope. Like, I only want my kid to learn about the black stuff. Okay, well, then your kid's going to fail. We're not ever going to reach that point. It does not seem that way with the discussions that are being had right now, with people freaking the fuck out over some concepts that don't even get taught below graduate level or outside of, like, a sociology or legal classroom. And so many people freak out about this stuff. I'm like, man, if we actually could unite on like dismantling racism rather than you talking about fucking white guilt and how everybody wants you to feel guilty as a man, as a white person, as a Christian, as a cishet person, you could take that energy and work on dismantling bigotry, starting with yourself. Starting with your internalized bigotry. Nope. You got to be on the defense. Or just invalidating black people and essentially telling us that the discrimination we face is not as bad as we make it seem. We're blowing shit out of proportion. You know, the crowd that talks about how long ago slavery ended and all that stuff. Those people. Three words. Katanji Brown Jackson. Look at what the hell she just went through. It's still going through. And uh, you want to tell me that... (laughs) Racism is no longer a thing. To look at the world through a lot of these white people's lens, I just, whoa. So many of these folks sweep race under the rug at every fucking opportunity. Like they, Listen, they, I've said before. Some of these people are pretending. I agree. Mm-mm. But I honestly, for them, it's kind of like, as a cisgendered person, the world's set up for me. I've never had to think about it from any other perspective and being cisgendered is my story or at least it's a part of it right well because the world is set up for cisgendered people when somebody who's not cisgendered comes into your orbit not that they weren't always there but they were right say you come in and you finally meet somebody and they're telling you actually the world is a shitty place and this is why you've got two options here you can say like you said earlier, wow, didn't know that. Thanks for sharing. But a lot of people don't want to switch or shift their paradigm. So then they go, no, you are the problem because I don't have a problem. And they yeah, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. I don't deal with that in my life. Right. 
And if you would just be more like me, you wouldn't have a problem either. Mm -hmm. Or if you just wouldn't talk about it. Yes. Right. Like, I'm cisgendered, and and I don't talk about being cisgendered all the time. So why is it? Because those aren't two totally different experiences. Because the world's set up for you. You don't have to think about being cisgendered. You don't have to think about you've never been told that, you know, who you naturally are is problematic. You've never been told that. And I do think that's the case for a lot of, well, anybody in a majority group that pushes back against any sort of criticism against their group, whether it's white folks to non-white folks or cisgender people to non-cisgender people, men to women, whatever. Well, I've never raped anyone. Well, I've never, I've never seen, I've never heard. Okay, so because you personally live in a world where that's not something that you have to consider does not mean it doesn't exist. It just means that you are lucky enough, privileged enough to not have to deal with it. And so it is your, it's your responsibility to dismantle whatever internal bigotry or discriminatory ideologies you might hold, you will hold. And then talk to people in your same group to let them know, hey, you might not know because I didn't know this about myself. So maybe look at it from their perspective. This world lacks empathy. So many people, this country especially, lacks empathy. They lack the ability to see themselves and other people, to take a step back and center other people's experiences, and also to see the humanity in people who are not like themselves. This country has a severe empathy shortage. There's a resistance to hearing experiences that don't match your reality, especially when they come from certain people. I agree. Because if it's people over there, you know, in some other country, it's not as easy for people here to dismiss, especially if they look like you. I don't understand that, how, like, you find it believable when people go through some bullshit in another country, but we can talk about what's happening right here in the United States, and you twist it into, like, we're trying to make you feel guilty. (laughs) Making it about you. (laughs) Making it about you instead of staying back and listening. And sometimes that is the position that you need to play. Just be quiet and listen. Like they say, you got two ears and one mouth. You should be listening more than you speak. And in certain situations where you are part of a majority group and talking to somebody who is in a marginalized group and they're telling you how they feel, shut your ass the fuck up. And no disrespect to people who can't hear because you can listen in other ways. You can definitely still comprehend comprehend and consume information. Mm-hmm. So I think, too, it goes back to that scarcity mindset. Oh, my um, favorite. Oh, yeah, we haven't brought it up in a while, so I (laughs) think we should. (laughs) But it definitely goes back to that because I think now what's happening is there's more voices and more seats at the table, so to speak, than there have ever been, Mm -hmm. right? There is a lot more representation of ideas, backgrounds, and experiences and what a come down it is, huh? To just always dominate the conversation for so long. And now you don't. It's your turn to feel uncomfortable. And this is not like a ha ha got you type of thing. No, but, but it just is the fucking case, quite clearly. 
You wouldn't have so many people talking about how uncomfortable they felt if it wasn't, right? So it's just your turn to feel uncomfortable and also to share in the discomfort that we experience. Not that you can relate to it 100%. You never will. But this is just a look into the discomfort that we experience on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You get to leave the conversation that you are having with us and not really think about it. If some stupid shit doesn't happen in your life, that's just like, that person just said that, did that, didn't do that for me because I'm a black person. And you have that thought in your mind and you're just like, whatever, you got to keep on keeping on. Because if you got stuck on that shit every time and had a meltdown every fucking time, we wouldn't get anywhere. Um, but a lot of white people, every time they confront it, it's like, man, I'm seeing this everywhere. Like, And you get sick of it. And it's like, okay. They're starting to experience some of the discomfort that they experience. But I think a lot of them don't quite get the message that there is something they, not just one individual, but there's something that they all can start doing about it. Mm-hmm. And some white people do. Some white people have, have been getting in the dirt with us and helping out. And then there's other people who are on the defense and you got to drag these people kicking and screaming into the future. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, it, it's going to happen. People who, who stay rigid, they're miserable people because life is about change. And if you are a person who feels themselves getting angry at marginalized groups that they don't belong to, you have a choice. There's so much education out there. Talk to a therapist or write <laughs> it down or, you know, dig deep and see why. Because usually not usually, always, there's some inner turmoil going on that's manifesting itself in anger and discomfort and defensiveness, especially if nobody's really attacking you. Nobody's attacking you. No. Nope. They're just saying their experience. That is just as We're Not kissing your asses the They're way we used to have to, your, though. Right. That's before the thing. We had to. They used to getting their asses kissed. very survival depended on not upsetting you and we're not in that space anymore nope but y'all didn't get the memo well now you are getting the memo and so your little feelings are just gonna be hurt that's your responsibility so you decide what you want to do with all that anger you want to hold on to it you're gonna get your ass dragged verbally up and down sesame street because you don't come across the wrong motherfucker and they're gonna eat your ass alive or you can do the hard work the heavy lifting, and figure out what do I need to do to change? How can I make even just myself a better ally, a better accomplice if you are so inclined? And then sometimes you got to read the room and know what conversations are for you and which are not. This is Intersectional Insights. If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.